to be. What? Or, or we'd not rather to not. Be. We'd rather not. Joe was from his mother, untimely ripped. Uh, what am I doing? I don't a know. Really York. bad British. You're doing accent. Yorick. No. What am I doing? Oh, I'm sorry. Is this where I'm supposed to do Master of Thespian? Acting. Welcome to Bonehead. John Lovitz. Don't you that? want John Lovitz? I'll kill you. Ah, just, I was, anyway, pull my finger. So, I wanted to do it, and I was hoping you would just do that without me having to tell you. Because no, I'm sorry, I didn't. Spontaneity. I didn't know. I didn't know. It was, I, I missed my cue. Benchwarmers, so, Jonathan Lovitz. <laughs> so we have guessed you two people trapped in paradises. John Why don't Lovitz? you just shut the hell up? And uh, high school, the high, mom and dad, dad saved, saved the, the world. Yeah. Oh, you said the wrong word. I know I did. <laughs> I said the wrong word when they said, "Do you want to do a podcast?" I went, "Yeah, sure." Coneheads, John Lovitz. Oh, <laughs> forgot that one. Sometimes I feel I've got. Can to we know introduce our guest? I don't know. Can you? Sounds like steam escaping. Was he ever killed me? <laughs> you know Bob what? If Singleton? he wasn't, he should have been. She should have been. Bob Singleton, welcome. Thank John you. Stith, welcome. Thank we you. We wanted to have you on the show for a long time, both of you. I've had you in bed, but I wanted to have you on the show. You guys are what? <laughs> so on, you on, on your mammals? show? Oh my uh, god! Would you two help me out instead of showing? No, I just want to see, I want to see how deep you dig yourself nah. before. Anyway, you guys are actors. John, uh, John, Bob, you've directed. You directed several different shows, right? Mm -hmm. So with Bonehead, this episode we are doing theater. The theater. The theater. Why are we doing theater, gentlemen? Because of John Lovitz? No. Because we knew two actors. <laughs> Theater. Theater. It all goes back to John Lovitz. Don't know. How do you figure it all goes back to John Lovitz? I don't know. Theater stories. Actually, his best gig was with John Lithgow uh, on SNL. The acting sketch. Or the master thespian. There's the one with John Lithgow? Oh, it's fantastic. Well, I'll let's end the show. Right? Cut, cut, cut. No, I'm let's just go watch him. Let's go watch, watch him now. In fact, stop I'm, what you're doing. YouTube that. I would say my favorite one is where he's doing the mall Santa. Where he's yeah, like, that's pretty good. I must be Father Christmas. Anyway, for Bonehead, we always <laughs> try to do different things. We always talk about pop culture. And one of the things that we've wanted to do now for almost a year, we talked about it from the very beginning, is doing theater and having some local people who do a lot of theater on the show. You guys do local theater. Tell us something about it. Tell us what shows you've got going on. Tell us how you get involved. Let's go through the whole nine yards. So, how did you two get into acting? I know we'll start with Bob and move on to John. Uh, well, um... Uh, FYI, really <laughs> quick. I'm just fucking... Yeah, 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 that's what I figured. Well, the, I mean, the bigger I guess... question. The bigger question. You think you're better than me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, by the way which, what's the category? <laughs> It doesn't matter. I Absolutely. don't want to jump to conclusions. They're both friends of the Bonehead, and they both were in. They're both in the. This is the second time they've ever met, and they're both in the same movie. <laughs> you ever thought about that? No. It didn't occur to me right then. You're both in the. I'm more over version. it, aren't I, than in it? You're actually in it. Have you in never the, watched in the credits? It? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right you, before you, the you, credits, you, you, you the showed me credits. trying to get my woo, but that it wasn't my woo wasn't working that day. Kind of like Mark Harmon and Polly Perrette. What the hell is he talking about? NCIS, she's the most popular female actress on television. The show's been on for like a million seasons now. 
and she just quit the show. I mean, she's popular among the female nerd herd. She can attest to it. Uh, and one of the reasons she <laughs> left is they had a dispute uh, about a dog. And uh, the, the speculation is, is well, the last several seasons, they never did a scene together, even though they're both... Mark Harmon and her? Yeah. Oh, that's not unusual, actually. That happens a well, lot. Well, up until like two or three seasons ago, they didn't get along. Or, or they sorry they got along and then they quit getting along. So did but you anyway. know that was an option? We could do this without us. Oh God! How do you? How how would would we, one with you Skype? You, were you skyped in that one? Having the whole. So layers? why don't you go to James's and Skype in? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to get a shovel mute. and dig my way to basement. You just well, you did the mute button. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great, Joe. We can't. So her name's Polly Parrot. <laughs> Polly Parrot, I think, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I got some coffee. Well, anyway, Bob, how'd you get into acting? Uh, <laughs> Murder well, Virgin, go watch it. <laughs> well, I guess, uh, I, I think it was, it must have been 1976, because I'm pretty sure I was in fourth grade, and the teacher announced we were going to do a show about the Boston Tea Party, so I'm thinking Shit, it must have old. been the Boston Tea Party. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah um, have you seen the show before, Bob? <laughs> uh, no, no, I haven't. <laughs> really? Well, I didn't want to have too much information. You're in for, no, you're in no. for a, uh, a butthurt treat. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that's good. That's you could have stayed that's... home and tried I don't I know. You could have hung out with your beautiful wife, Allie, and, and petted your kitty. Keep going. You're in the fourth um, grade, a priest, no, somebody no, touched no, you, no. what? No, no, I didn't, I wasn't in Catholic school. Oh, that's no, unfortunate. No. Not on the <coughs> days anyway. Oh. But, um, so yeah, she knows we're doing the Boston Tea Party and, and she said, okay, who wants, you know, she cast some roles and the way she did it was people would pick a number. Like, mm -hmm. there were four people that wanted the lead role and she looked at me first and said, pick a number between one and four, so I picked four because it was my favorite number. You know, you have a favorite number and have favorite everything at that age. And so she gave, I got the role, and uh, the girl that had just gotten cast before me as my character's wife went, ew, I don't want to be married to Bobby Singleton. So she was recast. So <laughs> so I had my first divorce in, Sexism, in man. fourth grade. Star and, power from uh, day one. In the fourth um, grade, the white man was keeping that, keeping her down. What is wrong with you? I, I don't, I didn't do anything. Well, I mean, I probably no. did, but I mean, you know. I'm sure. I was a singleton. My favorite numbers. They should have known. Um, so, uh, so I went home. I mean, I'd done some, you know, the, like the Thanksgiving things you do, where you're the rock or the boulder or whatever shit like that. And uh, I went home and sat down with my mom, learned all the lines. We recorded them the next day. I had them all memorized, and I went in. And I remember thinking, like, at some point in that process, I, 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 I unless I've just created this in my mind, but I remember thinking at one point, do I need to take my sip of tea? After this line, or, or, or after this line. Oh, okay. I, I, remember, I remember thinking about it in a way that yeah. I don't know. It just it just, it was the only thing that ever clicked. So you're, so you're building character from the get-go. Well, I mean, I thought of I just which I you know maybe is not completely a natural kind of thing if you watched enough. I mean, you know, hell, I watched all kinds of TV and stuff. So you know, I just was kind of thinking about <laughs> it that way. But I mean, I it was the first time I think it clicked for me as something that oh, I kind of have a. Because I did learn the lines, and they just kind of stuck. It wasn't even that much of an effort. They just kind of stuck, and I wasn't expecting them to. So, and and I I enjoyed it. People liked it, and I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I've never had stage fright because you have a no. Not the one time was not for a, an acting thing. Um, it was a thing <laughs> in college at the theater, but it wasn't for a for for a show. Because you know I've always it thought okay, you have show. these lines, <laughs> you know what you're supposed to do. Yes. They're here to see it. They yeah. want to enjoy it. Well, shit, that's easy. Life is improv, and I hate improv. Yeah. 
Because you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Right. To all our improv fans, sorry. No, I hate doing it. I don't hate seeing <laughs> it. Oh, it's okay. I suck at it. It's okay. We don't have any fans. We're not big with Second City fans. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. The reason they're Second City. Like, uh, right, uh, Citizens Brigade. Yeah. You no, so, but that was, I mean, that was basically the first, I mean, that was the first kind of time where I did a show and where something kind of, you know. So it was from uh, the fourth grade. Yeah, and it was just, I mean, I, I guess we just, invited the parents in it wasn't like a school it wasn't the grades coming in and stuff like that i think we just did it for a classroom i don't know <coughs> oh. yeah so but yeah so that's the kind of the first thing that sticks out for me always i never got cast as a boulder i, I was gonna say i was always like you would have been a not natural boulder. as a boulder i believe you could be a boulder i trust that you could be a boulder I'm pretty sure this is a fat that joke, joke. No, I'm saying you don't have any personality and you'd be a good boulder. I don't, why is everything about weight with him? I don't know, Mount Fuji, why don't you say <laughs> <laughs> Well, but see, it's the thing about boulders and trees. <laughs> I, was say, I was trying to say, why don't and you... Why did butt? you just spit on me, Muttley? They just have <laughs> enough nice boulders and trees for whoever wants to be in the show. That's the only reason they're out there. Yeah, so that they can, if 30 people want to do the damn... One <laughs> of my favorite lines from We Bob. got... From love, boulders. actually, is like I'm the third lobster in the. In the... There was more than well, two lobsters at the boat. You know, D. Snyder had always, you know, grew up wanting to be a boulder, and where I want to rock. So he, he's, you know, he's you're stretching it, brother. You're <laughs> stretching it. <laughs> All right. So that's how you did, John. How did you do it? Uh, you know, I guess I got started a little later than he did. I, I, I guess I there was like a drama club in middle school in one of the many schools. I don't I know. To. You're trying to grab my hand, and I'm making very uncomfortable. Are we are we interrupting here? You all need to take care of your romantic liaison, or no? I could touch him in front of anyone. Okay, okay. And then in high school, I was a freshman in high school, and the school had a a pretty well developed drama program. There's a a school organization called the National Thespian Society, and they had members of that and all that kind of thing. And they did Annie, uh, and I got. God, I still get cast as old men. I always have been cast as old men. I played one of the president's cabinet in Annie. And, you know, I did a show there. And then I I, I went to another high school and, and got involved in a, a drama club there. And then I finally moved back to Kentucky. I was at Woodford County and was involved with a play there. Uh, after that, I did a couple of community theater shows at Woodford County uh, over there. And they have a fantastic theater area. The second show... Uh, I was in uh, was Music Man. His wife was in that same show, um, and then I went to EKU, did a show there, and then I didn't do anything for like ten years, and then I got back into it in '09, and I'm two three shows a year ever since. So you were out for ten years. Was that <laughs> at, at least your forties well, or fifties? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, honestly, it was during during my late twenties and thirties. Well, I'd gotten married, and I was trying to work life out a little bit and everything else. And yeah. uh, I live in Harrodsburg now. And uh, we'd gone to eat after church one Sunday, and uh, there's a Mexican restaurant there in town on Main Street, and the community theater was right next to it. So they, I saw they had auditions up, and I looked at my wife and said, "I got to try it again." And then I walked in and I got a part. And the rest is history. Yep. So you've been doing it for since two, three, so nine years. Yeah, nine years now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And I've had some great opportunities. So I love. So it. when did you make the decision to transition to adult films? I'm oh, I, I thought he was going to say something else. I yeah, yeah. Well, I had a talk with my priest. I thought you were going to go. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was. Gonna I thought you were going to go. Well, I thought you were going Chaz Bono on us. Why? Why would you automatically assume that's the way? There's tons well, of transitions. You and all you, understand. I, and by the way, we're we're giving them a hard look, a hard time because we actually are friends with with, with them. I, I I I'm kind of curious though. 
did you have stage fright? Because Bob, Bob, you said you didn't have stage fright. No, I've never really been nervous. I don't usually get nervous either. Oh, you put me on the stage, I'll do it. The <laughs> other two bomb yeah, heads are hilarious, <laughs> but both suffer from stage fright to save the I suffer now. now let's not I say I that. suffer from straight stage piss your pants. Uh, which we need to talk about because you got to get better diapers. Uh, the <laughs> other part about it is so... Is that it's not just stage fright. I also, there's tons of frights I have, so I'm I'm equal. Well, I, I mean, there's a certain probably. And John, do you have stage fright? Not really. I don't mind being in front of a group of people. That's not bother me. Now I may get nervous because I'm thinking, what in the god God's name am I supposed to say next? You kind of get those temporary blanks or something like yeah, that on yeah. stage, or there's a distraction, or someone else has dropped a line, and you're trying to figure out how to move along. But actual being in front of people doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. But there's a certain even though I tell people that, I still have a certain amount, but I don't act. But there's still, I just put it down, a certain amount of apprehension. There's nothing like that, just a little bit of nothing? No, no, it's weird. It's never been there. I mean, but I mean, that's, but that that's the thing. It's, I have that through day-to-day shit. It's all the oh, theater yeah. and the directing and acting that kind of helps with that. In a regular setting. So that's your stress relief being on stage. Well, well, I mean it is, and it's just it's it's it's. I've just always felt like I belonged. Doing it felt natural. I mean, there's various times where I've gotten you know burned out on it for whatever reason, but it just it's the only thing I've I ever did that just felt like I just kind of. And see, I hate to say this because it sounds conceited, and I don't mean it this way because I may not know what I'm doing. I don't know but it, but, basement <laughs> Right, right, exactly. <laughs> But, but the feeling mystical bastards down here to go around. You're it's good. the it's the only thing where from the start I was, was like I kind of know how to do this. Yeah, that's what I mean. I kind of know how to do this. Okay, you know, and I mean I I well my mom taught me and dad too taught me to read at a really young age, and I really enjoyed it, which I think ended up being a good thing in a lot of ways through school because I could memorize a lot of shit, so it helped with school assignments too yeah. and and I really liked to read and I had an interest in language and in how people talked so I just mean I think a lot of things that I was interested in ended up being useful for <clears throat> conveying something as a presentation or a performance right you know so I mean right. it just it all and and so because of that and 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 I, I guess I just knew instinctually Nobody out there, especially if you're four or five or six or seven years old or ten years old, most of the people out there aren't, God, I hope they fuck up. Because that everybody's <laughs> uncomfortable when yeah. that happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't, I was like, they're not, they want to have a good time. I don't, I just have to do okay. Yeah. Especially when I'm nine or ten. I just got to do okay and they're going to love it. <laughs> I, heard this from, I know what I'm supposed to do. I've heard this from comedians too, but... That, that, you know, everybody, you go to a play, you don't want it to screw up. You go to a rock concert, you don't want it to go screw, screw up. You go to see an open night with comedians. You want to see them. You want to see them. They are waiting to that, ravage you. That's my exception. I mean, I've never really done it unless, like, I've kind of riffed while it's been some other kind of thing going right, on. It's right, not right. me coming out, hey, I just flew in, arms are tired shit, yeah. set up. Um, 
man, I've never done that, and I kind it's kind of a bucket list, but I don't know. That would be that because because of that, you know. And they're looking for that. I'd probably go out, say the one dirty joke that I came up with that I think is pretty funny, and then hopefully they laugh, and I'm just end it right there and leave it on. We're good. I know. Yeah, we're good. Thank you. Play the music. Roll off, Elvis. But you you acted professionally for a while. You went and chased the chased the dream, right? You were in New York for. I'm sorry. You want to talk about that really quick? Um, I uh, I ended up majoring in theater in college. Yeah, I mean, I worked on it a lot after that that first thing, and I ended up majoring in it after year in college because of legal problems <laughs> and a deal with my dad and stuff like that. And um, well, I didn't mean to go in. So on I ended that. up. No, it's all fun. Don't, don't it's all tell fun. Me, tell this me, is tell the best me, reason me. to do theater is because of the stories. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, no. So after I graduated, I moved down to Atlanta because some friends of mine were there doing stuff. And uh, well, one of them was was an actress, and she said it's a good way to get your feet kind of wet. And I remember my dad asked me about a week after graduation. So what are you doing next? I'm thinking going to Atlanta. Why, you know, acting theater? Well, why not New York? Well, I got friends in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a place to get your feet wet. Why not New York? Shit, Dad, you know me. <coughs> I'll be dead quick, you know. Let me let me test the waters right, first, right, right. where I know people, um, not New York City. And uh, um, so yeah, I did some workshops and some acting and a lot of auditioning. Worked with children's theater that performed around Atlanta. Did some other things, some in uh, an independent film and some other stuff. And um, it got to a point where uh, there was a an agent in New York that said, if you move up here, we'll represent you. Which I guess is, is, is not bad to be able to go there with that representation, but at that point, I'd also applied to go back to grad school because I kind of got to the point where I hated everything about it. I hated performing too, and I, it, was just, it was like, well, why the fuck are people pretending? Why do they do this? You know, and I mean, it's, it's a rough, brutal thing. It is show business. The business side's important. I don't think I was completely naive because <coughs> I don't think I knew. I never felt like I was good at the business part or the audition part, and that kind of all reinforced it. I mean, I did some things, but it was getting to the point where it's like, I don't care if I get it or not, you know? I mean, I did an audition once just for a, well, the, the agency called me up and said, do you want to do the cop or the carjacker? I'm like, you, you've seen my headshot <laughs> recently, right? You know my hair mm -hmm. is, is, it, is he a detective? No, beat cop. I should probably be the carjacker. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I go in and, and then, you know, it's my turn to read and I go <laughs> and I do my bit. And I'm going through through that low, slow burn kind of thing, get the fuck out of you know, kind, mm -hmm. kind of car thing. And the, the casting director comes over and, you know, uh, she says, try, you, try it again, be louder, you know, be more aggressive and vocal with it. So I tried and it just wasn't enough, you know, and she comes back home and says, really, trust. And I mean, for them to give you a third try at it means they want to see something because they see a lot of people, they want to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to screw around. And I, and, and, and she's, so she shows me, you know, I want it like this. Mm -hmm. and, and she really scared the shit out of me. And I kind of <laughs> laughed when she was dying. So I said, you should do it. That was great. And I meant it. And she was kind of pissed. And I think I got a third try at it. But I walked out of it like, I can't. Fuck, man, I can't. This is for a little one-line thing. And, uh, and it's... So, you know, I, I, I decided that I'm, I'm probably better off doing it when I want to in things that I want to do if I get back into it all. So, you know, that's what, yeah. So there was, and I still do stuff professionally now, and that's the thing about it. You can get, yeah. you know, those I've opportunities. Yeah. 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 John, John, why didn't you go do it? Why didn't you go well, chase the dream? My, I mean, not that you're not chasing the dream. I, I, I didn't major in theater or anything like that. It was something that, you know, I guess I wasn't as adventurous. 
Uh, I moved around a lot and things like that when I was a kid, and I wasn't interested necessarily in traveling to a big city and taking a shot. And and I don't have the educational side. I, I you know, because a lot of people think a theater degree, and this is a great story. My niece initially wanted to major in theater at Western. Well, she just wanted to be on stage. She didn't know about the fact that you're going to have to learn how to do costumes and do makeup and build sets and all that other stuff. And that got her to change pretty quick uh, yeah. her major. So, um, and, and you know, well, I didn't have all that experience. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> you know, and you know, I'd, I'd gotten married, uh, and you know, I was 26, I guess, and uh, I wasn't ready to go chasing the world. I wanted to to lay down for a while and, and set some roots down, but. Um, it's something I'd always kind of thought about. I, I had a good friend of mine who passed away this year, and he did some serious, uh, like, repertory theater. Uh, he was at the uh, Lost Colony show in, in North Carolina. Uh, he worked, uh, and he told me some of the people he worked with, uh, he said Andy Griffith threw the cast party at the end of the season for the show in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, he said he'd worked with Gregory Hines. Mm -hmm. uh, there was an older actress named Martha Ray uh, mm -hmm. who was around in the 40s, another one named Colleen Dewhurst. He'd rattle off on these, and I always thought that was pretty neat. But I also know he lived on the road. Uh, he traveled around from area to area uh, and, and kind of lived out of his pickup truck for the most part. So, and I, I didn't want to do that. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you saw a lot of people just kind of living on the road uh, when they were trying to make it. Well, you're, you're always looking for the next job. Mm -hmm. You're never not <coughs> looking for a job, especially if you're doing theater mm -hmm. work. But even, even in, you know, any kind of entertainment industry, I mean, if you've got a TV series, well, you're looking, you're on the clock. Mm -hmm. And and you got to do things at other times, and so I mean that that can be an exhausting part of it. And yeah, it is it is, you know, transient. Um, I, I I realized that maybe I wanted a little bit more stability than I thought I did growing up. There's yeah. another thing that kind of clued, mm -hmm. clued it out for me. <clears throat> well, and you hear a lot of famous actors that are on television shows, and the reason they take those shows is because they're tired of being on on the road all the time doing a movie or, or something like that, where you're gone for three months. Then you come back. They have a regular schedule. They can see their kids every day when they get home from work and all that kind of stuff. And that's important. And, and while I don't have children, you know, it's nice to have a regular schedule uh, to a degree. And I still get to do uh, the theater. Uh, and I'm looking at, at some other things to dabble in that I can do from home. But, you know, th this community theater that I'm working with right now, the Ragged Edge, is like two minutes from my house. So well, I can go and rehearse. It's interesting because if, I know you've never watched the show, but John, you've been a great supporter, mm -hmm. and I appreciate that. Not that I don't love you, Bob, but yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, what, what, the reason I brought that up was is that we do we have mainly it's we never usually have actors or anything on the show. What we usually have, you're, 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 <laughs> I put myself in the corner. Yeah. It, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we usually we, we do production people, directors, production artists, uh, production designers. And they it's the same problem, right? Because that's what they talk about. And a good friend of the show, Mick Strawn, has talked about it before, is you're always looking for the next gig. Yeah, you never think this yeah. is gonna be the big movie yeah, that know, I'm gonna talk about in twenty years. Right. Right. It's right. always oh, <clears throat> this is over, I've gotta go. Andre was talking you know, he's worked on uh what what is it? Uh, um, uh Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds, uh he's been on the show. And uh -huh. he's been uh, over the special effects on that for 16, 17 seasons. Six, six, yeah. Wow! Yeah. And that's unheard of. It's unheard I mean, yeah, of. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. and it's you know, but he's talking about now he's a little older. The show's going to wind down eventually, and he wants to go back to it. But it's been great for him because you're always looking for the next gig. And thirty years <coughs> later, our friend Mick Strong worked on a lot of the Nightmare on M Street films. And it's just now that he's realizing that he's 
got all this knowledge that people love. He's writing a book. Mm-hmm. But it didn't occur to him. None of these people occurred to them. They're always looking for the next gig. You're the next show, the next show, the next show, the next job. Because you need to work. Well, I'm glad you said blue collar too, because that is. And I most actors are blue collar. Well, they are, and that's the thing, you know. And and I, I, the 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 ones that go on and on about their art kind of bother me, because when it comes to like a, a performance and 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 theater or something and a live thing that's that's there and gone, because even if you record it, it's not. It's not the same. It's not the experience. And the next yeah, night is not the same as the previous night. Right. But, you know, it's... The, I, I, the people that, that I think... That I like really working with approach it as a craft. So we're crafting mm-hmm. something. And we're putting out there and we're praying to God that people leave there at least <coughs> feeling like they got more than their money's worth out of it, if nothing mm-hmm. else. If they want to get moved, if they do get moved, that's all. <coughs> it's that kind of production. Right. If they came to see a farce and laughed their asses off and, and that was delivered, then that's great. So there, there is that, that aspect and all the time and effort and preparation to go into it to make it look like it's a spontaneous thing that's happening. And then being ready for the shit to go wrong and having to cover, you know. But, but that's, see, that's another thing that, that <clears throat> is another reason I'm not nervous about, I don't fear productions, because just keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all that matters. What do you mean Be- by that? And you said you you give an aha. What do you mean just by if keep going? somebody forgets a line, if a guy slices his tendon open and he's able to keep going, he should have stopped. If a door <laughs> gets stuck and won't open, and you gotta break it down, then you break it down. I mean, now a lot of times people think about well, you go up on a line, whatever, fine. And if you're not <laughs> alone out on stage, somebody help or you say some shit until it gets on track. Don't let it go quiet. Doesn't matter if the audience knows mm-hmm. or not. Because sometimes things happen that aren't a mistake, but it kind of looks like it. He paused there. Did he forget a line or was he acting? <laughs> I don't know. But, I mean, so keep going because the thing is, they're going to see something that nobody else saw. They're going to be a little worried if they notice it. They want you to come out of it. They want it to get going in. And if you do get something that ends up being kind of a cool moment where you do have to <clears> kick <throat> the door in because it's stuck in a previous scene and the sheriff's got to get in and break up a fight, the audience goes nuts. Yeah. Everybody on stage is into it. They got a story that nobody else saw. So even when things go south, keep fucking going. That's just, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and, and the people out there, I mean, if are there a handful of people that may be going, <laughs> yeah, well, screw them. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, that's the trolls on Facebook. They're always out there. You just, yeah. you just keep going. Well, and, and here's, here's the thing about it. You know, I, you've got a lot of movie posters on your wall. I can watch, well, yeah. <laughs> Any one of the movies that you watch, you see it a million times, it's always going to be exactly the same. Yeah. They're all reproductions. The, the, yeah. The thing, <laughs> one, right, one of them. talk shit about my <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, stepped on you the blue suede oh, what's, shoes. What's that line from uh, a Big Jake? Big, you can, uh, okay, you can call me sir, you can call me father, you can call me... Sorry, Mom. A son of a bitch. But the next one of you that calls me Daddy, I'm going to put a bullet through. <laughs> the next time you call one of these posters a reproduction. Oh, I'm sorry. That Raiders well, of the Arts. Well, the, the thing about so theater, though, is, is, talk. is, is, is like it's a, a living, at the McDonald's parking lot. breathing thing. Because the audience is as much a part of that show where the actor's on stage because they could feed each other energy. And, yeah. I mean, do you agree with me on that? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. If the audience is crap and it's a snooze fest on a Sunday afternoon, it's tough. But if you get an audience that where, where all the seats are full and they're intent, they're paying attention, they're getting the jokes, they're they're crying when they're supposed to, etc., then it's a, a fantastic experience. And each performance is always different because there might be a slight pause in in somewhere where there wasn't before, even if it's just a couple of seconds. 
one line may be delivered slightly differently. They may change the syntax ever so slightly, but essentially the same meaning. Yeah. All those things go into that. It's funny that you mentioned that, because I'm, I'm thinking about a friend of mine who... Um... You okay, ma'am? All you need a nap. <laughs> Sorry. We lost Chad. Um, who, get her ex as, as soon as James starts talking, it's like <laughs> oxygen from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have a friend that... Uh, Michael goes... Payton is doing what he's fascinated <laughs> travel shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, an obscure Python joke. Go but anyway, talking about um, going to live theater, and she said one of the most uh, <laughs> amazing scenes that she remembers, and it's burned into her head, and she saw it when she was relatively young, probably high school going into college age. But she pleasure. went to see something, uh, <clears throat> this show that was um, heavily romantic, we'll say. Mm -hmm. um, and at one of the peak scenes of romance, there was a storm outside, and it knocked out the power. And she said, the stage going black, everything going black, and everybody's sitting in the room in darkness. She said, it only made it that much more intense. Mm -hmm. Because it was what was happening on stage was going to lead to this. And she says, that that she says that scene replaced. It replaced in my head. And she goes, it was completely obviously unplanned. They didn't know they were yeah. in this power. It's the coolest shit, too. I mean, it, that's some of the... You know, um, the, the when they were doing Summerfest out at the Arboretum, yeah. and they may have talked about this because, you know, being that close to Central Baptist, having uh, aircraft going <laughs> yeah. overhead oh my God. During, <coughs> during shows, right, happens. Well, it was All the year the they were doing Lord of the Flies. Well, there was a plane <laughs> that went overhead. Whatever scene there, and they probably set this up. The directors probably said, okay, look, here's what's happening with planes, guys. Where the fuck are you? You're on an island. Stop <laughs> whatever the hell you're doing and yell. For them to come and get you. So at every show and that happened. But there's been others where the sun set a certain way, the <coughs> colors happen. Sometimes it's um, lightning coming in at a certain point. And, and that happens in shows when those external events haven't happened and when everything's gone and planned. That's one of the really cool things about it for me is that it's something that... It's it's not the same show night to night simply because it's night to night and it's a different audience and 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 you've got different people in there that are it's all it's going to be a different show and it's going to go away, but twenty years later somebody recalls a moment from it. I mean to 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 do something where I mean you know it's fun to do and you get something out of it and and I like that idea of it. Maybe people <clears throat> carry this with them and you don't necessarily all you probably usually don't hear about it more than you would. This is a question for both of you, because the tradition... Well, no, don't answer simultaneously. <laughs> no, <laughs> take turns. The cliche... You need to work on your hosting. The, cl <laughs> the cliche... I'm not talking to you. Looking at your reposter horse shit. <laughs> Bald son of a bitch. No, listen, you're both horrible. Let them answer is, questions. Is that, that television's for writers, filmmaking's filmmak for directors, and theater's for actors. I've said that, and I know you've both worked in short films, done commercial. Bob, you've done a lot of voiceover work. You'd like to do a lot of voiceover yes. work, John. Hey, I'll hook you two up. <laughs> uh, you've done commercials. You've done other things. What? Where, where is your favorite place to act? What? What medium? I like the stage. Ultimately, you bastard! You start in our yes. short film. How could you say yes. that? Because he started in our short film. Oh, Bobby, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was drunk. <laughs> I really was drunk. One scene. Yeah. Yes. John, you didn't have to drink the whole glass at once. <laughs> the whole over box. And over, <laughs> and over. We're going to need to renew that, John. Fill it back up. 
There's a, there's a take where he drinks a whole glass and he just kept doing it because we didn't get it right. Oh, God. I, and it was cheap box wine. I drank like four glasses and just shot him, basically. Excellent. And yeah. then there was the extended bathroom break. And... <laughs> no, we didn't let him go. Uh, but so you the stakes? Really? Yeah, I think so. And, and my experience is very limited uh, in front of a camera. That's okay. All jokes aside. And, and, and voiceover. I mean, I'm, not, I'm starting to dabble that a little bit. Uh, some audio dramas, but the stage, it's about the energy, and, and it's its more than that for me, too, because I like, like I said, the energy from the audience, but I also like the interaction with the cast members uh, and, and the members of the crew that are involved in the in the production. Uh, it, it just, you know, it's its a great feeling all the way around for me, and you know what's funny? It's the damnedest thing. I, I said I'd, I'd gotten out of it for several years, and, and my I bought uh, Guitar Hero, and we just follow me for a second. We were playing the Xbox, and you're sitting there playing along, or PS2, I guess. And it heard the applause. That, that is, awesome. I missed it. I missed it really bad. That applause. Uh, and that's when I started thinking about doing it again. And then I, I did that audition after walking out of the restaurant. Should so. someone tell Grandpa those people aren't really in the box? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just, so. I didn't know we were going to do old jokes. Sorry. No, no, you're the only one do. Oh no, I did the first. You started it. Yeah, that's right. Once again, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Once again, son you're of a both. bitch, dumb bastard. <laughs> Gene Wilder. I'm gonna tell your grandfather. <laughs> He's not um, John Lovitz. What about you, Bob? Who is? Um, I. I mean, I've done a lot more um, stage work than others. They, they are very different. I mean, you know. If you're doing a show on stage, you are you're you're going start to finish, from start to finish. You're performing it in real time, even if the action right. isn't taking place yeah. in real time. Um, you 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 have to be so much more spatially aware of stuff, and you have to be aware of the audience without being aware, and you have to have. Uh, you, you have to have everything down so much though so that if something goes south if somebody slips up or switches up a little bit you are able to respond without a hitch and all of that is, is very exciting and intense and it flows into itself and that's what I did and that's play pretend like we do growing up if we're taking our superheroes out in the mm -hmm. snow and raising hell and coming back and writing a comic book down about that adventure that we just created when you know? they're growing up um, it's uh um, hey, you, you live your life, I'll live mine. Yeah. Now, commercial, voiceover work, stuff like that, go in for two hours and, and get a couple hundred bucks? Oh, God. I mean, you know, that's a really nice thing. If, if, if you know, and that element is a good thing, too, because a lot of the theater isn't going to pay much, if at all, especially in certain places more so than others. Film and video and TV shows... You know, it's interesting, that quote. I've always heard that, but I never really kind of grasped fully what it meant. It seems like the lines are a little bit blurred more now about which one so is too. which medium. I think so, too. But, but the thing about working as an actor in it is that a lot of times you're going out of order. And you have a lot of breaks. And the focus is controlled. You're looking at the screen. On stage, you can look anywhere at any time. Well, you kind of got to be aware of how you are in relation to the audience, the distance they are, what they can see when you're trying to keep focus in a certain area not pull it away from others you have more control on that in video but you also have I mean the smallest little tick you know is comes across and you get use on stage even in close places where you can be intimate you're still 
doing stuff that it's not going to necessarily play on video and you get used to that transition different right this that part never has felt natural to me and i've struggled with a lot more and i've hardly ever maybe just some recent things where i've watched and realized oh shit that's still too much and oh my god you you feel like you're being natural but it's not coming across that way and and that's the weird thing for me and the difficult thing and and uh the stage part is always another that's another area where it feels more natural but i do like you're in it with everybody you're working intently on it for a while you mm. saying the energy and energy you keep going. the feedback and and you know but also the the ability to to not um give in to what the audience is doing because sometimes a quiet audience is not an audience that's not into it even if it's a comedy and you get these weird things. It's dangerous to talk about the audience because everybody's different. And if at least three or four people don't walk out of any given show not all that satisfied with it, I'm a little skeptical just because. Right. Yeah, you're not making... For whatever reason, and you hear some of the weirdest reasons when you work in it long enough in ways where you hear the feedback from people that just go to see stuff to see it for whatever reason they have, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not always for the, the importance it is to us that people are going out to see it. But... Um, Sure, I kind of lost my thread, but um, well, you had me enthralled. <laughs> what was? That didn't take much. Was, hey, go back to sleep, man. Off. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything when you would sit here for a whole episode and yawn entirely. Were you talking? Yes. <laughs> I, like I like what you said about having to be kind of hyper aware of everything that's on stage, and you react because mistakes do happen. Sometimes they're minor, sometimes they're kind of big, and, and you have to be able to kind of think on your feet, as it were. And, and one of the things that I've got ADHD, and honestly, sometimes it, it takes all my focus to, to make sure that you're in touch with everything that's going on, and, and you know where all the other actors are on stage, and you have to know the cues that are going on around you, you know, when those are going on. And sometimes they miss a cue. Maybe they're off by a minute because they got stuck in the bathroom, and you got to carry it over for just a little bit longer, you know. So, uh, you know, all those things you have to be aware of, and that's fun. To me, that's fun. About how they got stuck in the bathroom? ADHD. <laughs> oh, oh. What, what are we talking about? Because <laughs> no, no. it actually, is explains a shit ton of things that we should have played video games ago. <laughs> I, I do actually have a question about that then. And, and, and I asked What about this, being stuck in the bathroom? Travel program? No, I have several. I have, Why is nobody asking a bathroom question? Because, because nobody gives a one. shit. Whoa! <laughs> Uh, they leave one though. Um, oh, you don't take a shit. You leave a shit. George anyway, Carlin. Leroy Jones wrote the toilet. You could read that. That's a. That's a <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. It's a, it's a but, good one. Yeah. But the you know I think the about period. this because my experience with theater has been doing the English education program where they used to require me to take three theater classes because they assumed hey you're teaching high school English you're going to teach theater too. Yeah. Yeah. But the other part about that is is now my daughter who is. <clears throat> eight has decided that's what she wants to do and from birth she has automatically gravitated like we took her to see movies she would run down to the front of the theater while the credits were playing and jump around and dance around and stuff like that and now she's done dance she's done a couple she did a Kroger too but um, City, she's done a couple Kroger. theater things yeah catch up how do you transition that really and that's, I mean I'm asking this actually as I said this is self-serving as a, a how, how do I connect her to something yes. That's going to actually direct her in a positive way. Well, uh, um... He's asking for a friend. I'm self-serving. I mean, I said I was self-serving. No, well, no, I think that's great because, I mean, you... The, the, the thing is, you, you get so much out of doing this kind of stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, me fall, me <clears throat> learning to read at an early age, and my parents nurturing the interest in theater. I'm not going to go so far as to say it, it saved me necessarily, but I mean, in a lot of ways, I think it did. It gave me the ability to function in places that I really did not feel like I could function in. Like, you know, any place in public with people I didn't know or a classroom or shit like that. And it's the, I've done things because I like them. I gravitated towards it because it's something that I felt like if nobody else likes it, but I get to keep doing it, so I guess something goes right, but if <laughs> nobody else likes it, I am pulled towards it. These opportunities come up that seem like they're going to be fun. I take advantage of them. Many of them led to other things. They've all come together with the degree program I went into for my master's and for what I do now with academic advising. And it, my involvement in it was one of the things that uh, the guy that interviewed me for the position in the place I'm in now wanted to talk about, you know? Yeah. So you do, it's it's useful in a lot of practical ways. As far as how to get positive involvement, throw as much shit as you can at it. Go to Lexington Children's Theater, check out Woodford County classes, check out stage right acting, check out individual teachers like Adam Lucky, you could look at things like images. Now, you, you, you have various costs and things. Where does she go to school? What's involved there? Just try to get involved, but try to talk to people because everybody knows everybody. Represent yourself well. Do it well. Soak things up. Listen and learn. And, I mean, some of the best opportunities I've got were because somebody threw my name out there because we worked together somewhere down the line. Yeah. And sometimes when I found out who it was that recommended me for something like, holy shit, what the hell did I do that made Lou <laughs> throw my name out there? <laughs> or was it just the last one that he came up with because everyone said, no, show yes, you know what I mean? That is show business. That's what it, I, it, it is. is. And, 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 it, and it builds and you get, it's, it's a small That's world kind of thing. That's how we end up doing thing. moderating and stuff. And, and, and if you... You know, if you're an ass, sometimes that really does set things off for you. But I mean, that's but that is because some of the experiences aren't going to be good. Right. Some of the things you reach out to won't pan out because everybody's overworked and underpaid, and everybody wants a lot of help. But it's hard to consolidate it and bring it in. Encourage it in as many different ways as you can, including if it's we've got room back here to put on a fucking show. Let's put on a show. Let's do some things. I took classes in puppetry in the summer anytime there was a show on at a school i did it you know i in fifth in sixth or seventh grade i was in a show at bria college in eighth or ninth grade i was a show at bria college because an opportunity came up bctc look at the shows they do there because they do big cast shows mm -hmm. and it's a community college the department itself <laughs> is a little bit smaller but but tim davis who's a great mentor and educator and director and everything else and and, and really tireless with it he does big cast shows because he wants people from the town involved too and he needs them to be involved to help it to grow so there's these opportunities out there the thing is the perseverance and if you're trying to make your living at it or if you're trying to just do it around here you have to keep going and you have to keep trying and you have to kind of try to just soak stuff in and learn it because it can be hard they always need people but everybody's so overworked, it's hard to get a hold of somebody and get going at it. And maybe this class wasn't so much fun and so good. All right, great. Let's try this over here. You know what I mean? So just throw shit at the wall, spitball it. Well, <laughs> a lot of times you're right. There's not any money to be had. Very little around here. You know, I mean, you have to go to a major media market like Chicago or Atlanta 
to to make a lot of money. And there's or, there's or a living. And he, he had mentioned yeah. Adam Lucky just a moment ago. He's you know, he's one of the better actors in the region. But you know, I know that that he has had a hard time making it, and he's doing other stuff now too. I think he, you know he's doing teaching and some other things. But uh, there are a lot of great actors in this area, uh, in the various communities. But like he said, there's just not a lot of money here to do it, and community theaters especially. It's it's you know half of their job if not more is, is trying to keep enough money to, to keep the lights on and, and everything well, I, else. I was gonna say and I, not to turn this into an academic conversation, but but he's about to. I'm going to. Sorry, because I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Um, I, um, it's funny you mentioned reading at an early age. That's actually why my daughter started reading better. Was she realized she couldn't? She had to read for stage if she wanted. Yeah. To yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other side of it, though, is talking about this area and stuff like that. I, I quite frankly, it really struck me that EJU was canceling their theater program. Yeah. And yeah. so, what dirty, effect does that have on what you all see? I'm sorry, we're having a dirty pillow conversation. You keep going with your <laughs> academics. You know, I, I think it's going to hurt the area uh, in a lot of ways because the arts, whenever there are budget issues, the arts, it seems like they always suffer. Yeah, uh, Mr. Holland's opus. And, and, and the, well, yeah, I mean, it's an old story, but you know, the thing no, it's is... true. Is, I think it's one of those things of bullshit. Why, don't we, why are we paying for this? Do we really need yeah, the no, arts? Nobody, well, but but on the other side of that is, okay, then what are we doing all this other stuff for? Yeah, that's the you know, Churchill thing, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 the art, the arts, are kind of what keep us coming alive, and that's what keep us sane because it allows us to reflect on, on our own emotions and our own existence in a cathartic way, and allows us to get it out. I mean, hell, during the Great Depression, a lot of people spent their time, put their dime at the theater to go watch a movie in air conditioning because they had nothing else to go on. And it was escapism. And and yeah, yeah it was, and and. You get various forms of escapism, and I think theater can contribute to that. Well, when EKU loses their yeah. program, it, James yeah. has to do a bump in the morning. Just to yeah, get back yeah. To normal. Lots when of theater, theater. lots of escapism. Bob, you can Tina. understand. Yeah. Well, yeah. When a, when a school like EKU loses their theater, and that's just one of several programs that they lost, they lose an outlet for a lot of people right. who don't fit in physics and they don't fit in football and everything else. They have a, a need to express themselves. And and to 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 see that other side of the arts, you know, there are a lot of introverts well, I, in theater, and that's their way out. There is a lot say, of introverts. I, I think that's one of the things that struck me about it too was because theater and band got cut, and I I think about I have a cousin who teaches theater at Berea, and one of the comments she always made is she goes to her elementary school, she gives full credit all the time. Much the same way. They put her on a stage. They let her went and got do a talent show. They let her... No, I, I just think it's really interesting because no, I, I think the, the... I always joke the two things I'm good at is education, which never pays. And I write fairly well. It pays more than your writing. Well... Thanks, Joe. <laughs> just want to well, more than how's that broadcasting degree work? It's more than you know, I, I do, uh, do want to... I do want to kind of weigh in on this because I think, I mean, this is all, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I agree with everything y'all are saying and it's, in a way, in, in ways it's, it, it's a bad thing, but in a broader sense, trying to take a bigger outlook on it and the fact that it really seems like there's a whole lot of paradigms that are, are, are trying to be shattered and there's some serious pendulum shifts going on. Well, this is one of those places where maybe there's going to be a, a, a pendulum shift in some ways. And 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 I, I'm not even going to say good or bad because you know the outcome of all that is is messy shit. But I don't know exactly what year theater started, but I know the next year 
The report started up that theater was dying and on its way out, and they haven't fucking stopped. <laughs> yeah. true. So this is not a new situation. Like, I, you're I, right, the yeah, money yeah. goes away when it does. Things are going to... Opportunities for students of certain kinds. And, and, and... But, you know, there's, there's a realization of a need for that, and maybe it becomes something that has a broader kind of take, you know, culturally or, 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 or as a paradigm or whatever. But, I mean, you know what? Keep trying to stop it. It's not going away. Right. And well, all you fuckers that want to take the money away are still looking for it. Amen. And you're going to keep looking for it. Well, so, you know, I mean, I don't want to celebrate the idea of it, but also, you all can fucking suck it and keep trying because <laughs> you're not, you're going to have to crush the spirit entirely to stop people from telling their fucking stories. It's, it's all storytelling. It's well, all it is. It's all it's it really is. Funny. Every, even this, this is all storytelling. And but, you know, creatures, really, humans have told stories on cave oh, walls. Yeah. It's, well, it's, it's all stories. It's really funny. <laughs> Posters were created. Stories. Uh, you're not going to lay on my dirty clothes. Well, it's really funny though because you actually Take it away from you me. actually just gave a speech that reminds me of uh, I'm a huge comic book geek. Stan Lee said that you know when when VHS started, when beta tapes, when you could take movies home and you could pick what you watched. He literally said, we had a meeting at Marvel going, well, how much longer are comics going to last? And then the internet came out. Well, now people can look at look at images online and they can download their comics. Are we going to keep publishing them? And are we going to go out of print? And he goes, literally now people are paying, we're making billions on movies. And it's no nobody's going to care about comic book characters in 10 years. Oh. And he goes, I've heard that since the 70s. See, well, that's funny. So I can I can shit on myself real quick, too, because after my, my, my speech. You, that couch you know, was a gift. I'm, I'm at, uh, well, I said on myself. I, so Brick College, but I'm at Brick College on that couch. in the 80s, John, all right? And I'm going, I got a classmate in the theater department. We did shows together. I had a, we, we tried to film, you know, a movie and I was in that and he loved to write and that's what he really wanted to do. And horror was what he loved the most. And this was, you know, 87, 88, 89. I'm like, Jeff, man, you know, damn. That genre, it seems like it's kind of getting played out, you know. Jason ninety seven, whatever. <laughs> he said it's what I love, and 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 Jeff Reddick kept I fucking knew doing where it. Was going. You knew where it was going. Well, going. Let me tell you Final about Destination Jeff Reddick and Final Destination and his New Line Cinema horseshit. You will tell you don't tell Jeff Reddick <laughs> that I have met him this. more than once, and this asshole will not come on this show or return my fa he'll return Facebook messages of hey and happy birthday, but. Fuck bonehead. Well, he <laughs> might have if you'd given this speech off camera to me. Oh. <laughs> Actually, we, I, we occasionally get feedback going, you brought me up on the show. What, well, well, so yeah. maybe that's what it takes. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Je Je and Jeff is from Jackson, Kentucky. And, and you're Breathic right. County, I think, isn't it? Yeah, is it that's, that's where yeah. Jackson is, is in Breathic County. Yeah. That's, that's funny that you... It's a small well, world. And, and I tend to agree well, with you. Arts after all. find a way to succeed... You know, and even Shakespeare had to write for somebody because he had to get paid. So he wrote politically uh, advantageous stuff to the people that were in power. We don't always do that, but you know, there are people in the hollers who are playing those fiddles and they're picking those banjos. That's their their outlet for music and art and and telling stories. I mean, people find a way to express themselves. They express themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you we know, got the tangent of one of the one of the reasons the theater stuff is is is, is problematic from a program sense and things like that is that you know it's difficult to monetize it because it's a live thing you can only get so much of a recording of a live <coughs> theater theatrical production the way it conveys and that's you know in some ways that's a good and a bad thing 
Yeah, no, but, I, I think that's the problem. I think you're right. It's it's money, and how do you make money out of it? But people are going to still do it, even if the if. All right, for example, you both do community theater. How much is it to go to the Ragged Edge? Ten, twenty ten bucks. bucks. Ten bucks. How many times have I been to a show? Several times. Several times. How much do you make in those shows? Make? I don't make anything. How much does the theater make in those shows? Uh, a lot. Do of they time. even make enough to keep the lights on? Uh, maybe. Uh, on a good show, they may make a little profit. Most shows, you know, they lose money. They, they could lose money. Yeah. yeah. Or they'll break even. So they have to do what? They have to go out and do fundraising. Fundraising and sponsorship, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll find a way. Back to what you were saying originally. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and you know, like I said, I'm not certainly not praising certain things, but at the same time, you know, things have a tendency to get stagnant in some ways, and and I don't know, and it's just it's just the nature of things. It's exciting to me in some ways because the thing is, there's a lot of young people coming up, doing shit, figuring out ways to do stuff. They're having to do it anyway. So why not do it in this form as well? Now, I don't want programs to go, go away for people that want to do it. But at the same time, it's not the only way to do it. It's not the only way to think, make it happen. But having those opportunities and having them scattered as far and wide, that's the thing. Because then you get places that, that, unlike, you know, like in Richmond where EKU is, or in Berea, which is off 75, a little further back in, smaller places, it, you know, you want those outlets to reach every place for people to have a chance just kind of explore it because it it helps you collaborate the business itself is messy and nasty at a lot of levels but a lot of things you end up having to navigate through are so you you learn a lot of things that help you out anyway mm-hmm. and um you can entertain some people at the end of the day yeah. that's a pretty damn cool thing to be able to it is say. it is it's, it's good right. to be able to put a smile on somebody's face who's had a crappy day yeah. now that being said i want to transition <coughs> really quick because i know we're, we're what transition transition segue yeah segue. Bono, go ahead <laughs> oh segways and can we ride on segways i was told to be segway parking here <laughs> anyway so there's usually Sorry. segway parking next to the segway park at these X-Men Wolverine conventions. <laughs> so, run, rabbit, run. What is both of you, each one of you pick one story of the worst thing that happened or the funniest thing that's happened in theater since you've been doing this? Who wants to go first? Sure. Probably the worst thing. Uh, I did a, a show a few years ago uh, at Woodford Community Theater, it's in Versailles. We were doing a show called Three Musketeers. Yeah. And, Never heard uh, of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a candy bar. And, uh, candy bar. Oh, they threw candy at one the of, audience. One of the, the great things about any Three Musketeers show is you're going to have sword fights. There's just no way around it. It's because if you don't have sword fights, you just don't have the Three Musketeers. Well, anyway, so it's... <laughs> That's how they get that chocolate nougat. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, well, anyway, so it's it's... Come on the show, Jeff Reddick. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you a musketeer. I should have given it to Bob. It's the warm-up night. Uh, usually during the second week of shows, most of the shows around here run two weeks. It's And they have a, a rehearsal usually uh, the day before the, the show opens for the second week. Well, anyway, the guys are rehearsing. They're up on uh, a high area, and they're practicing. Well, one guy moved just a little bit the wrong way, and the foil went straight up his nose. It was about that far from his brain. He spent two weeks in the hospital and almost killed him. Now, he's fine now. Hey, but he, except for he walks around in a circle. Hold on. Hold on. Every time he puts the microwave on, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but now, now, what, now, the fact that he survived was something because he could have easily lost an eye. Like I said, it could have gone oh, into yeah, his brain, yeah. etc. But 
The other miracle part of that show was they had a guy who learned the lines and he learned the sword fights. He practiced and rehearsed all night, learned the fights, and was able to take over the role the next night without carrying a book on stage. <laughs> that was and the miracle? No, no, no I, the, I, the, I the, the point agree is, with that. The point is, though, he learned everything, choreography, lines, and everything in about 10 hours. Did Shoot. they do any kind of brush-up rehearsal with him, too? I mean, like, they at least show the blocking or just kind of oh, yeah, write it yeah, down and yeah, say... Because well, that's involved. the other thing. I mean, if you didn't even do it in any style, that's well, amazing. Yeah. He, he he was working on the show as kind of almost an extra. As okay, a minor okay, part. so, had some so he'd seen it. Okay, he was good, somewhat good. familiar with it, but the point is he picked up a lead role and finished no, it's the show. it's still amazing. So yeah, yeah that makes sense. Study. No, no, he was not. He was not. He was, he was more of a kind of a secondary part. He was essentially just a soldier. And then he... Picks it up and runs with it. Now let's start the conspiracy theory. And our director had actually the guy left. To get injured. Yeah, yeah. And our director for the show had not even was not even there. He wasn't there for the second week. He'd gone back to Louisiana where he lived, because he he'd worked at UK before, and that's why they brought him in. Well, we had a stage manager, and we had the other actors in the show, and they're the ones that taught him everything. So that was it was a fantastic, <laughs> and it's there were there were a lot of things about that show that I liked and didn't like, but to me that was that's probably one of the kind of the worst, best moments I've ever experienced in a theater because they were able to roll it over and keep the show moving, just mm -hmm. like you talked about. So we, uh, we were doing um, a one act at Brick College. It was me and Eric Blanton and Josh Bills, I think, and it was Private Wars, I think, is the show. So we're the three guys in, in some kind of home or asylum or something or other. I can't remember all the details of it. And there were three different spots on stage where scenes happened. So a scene that I was in finished, and I was sitting on stage still because I wasn't in the next scene, but after that one ends, I moved in and was in the next scene. So the director just had me stay out there. So in the scene before me, there's a the point where one character stabs a knife from the table in front of the other one, and they, they were using a, like a Swiss Army knife kind of thing, which I said from the start, I said, that's a bad idea. I said, it's going to be dull. I said, that's a bad idea. Mm -hmm. And they said it's going to be dull, and so I just gave up. Um, well, I heard something funny, the performance that night, and the guy's voice. And I thought, oh, God, did something happen? Well, they kept going. And, I mean, I'm, you know, if you all are doing your scene, I'm like, here, I froze like this at the end, so I'm just not moving. I'm not sure what's going on. So they get through the scene, they finish up, I move over to the table that they were at before. And, and the lights come up, and there's a big puddle of blood on the table. And I can see the guy's blocking. And this guy, this is important, this guy, this is Eric, no new business. He does not do well with new, he does not change shit up. And when he does, it doesn't go well. <laughs> um, whether he sliced through a tendon in his thumb or not. So there's this puddle of blood. I'm like, okay, shit, that's real. And I'm supposed to fiddle with this radio. I got this monologue that my character, he's trying to fix this radio through the whole damn play. And, and, it, and it, he gets a little frustrated, and then Eric's character is supposed to come in. Uh -huh. So I get to the frustrated part in his cue, and he's not there. And I'm like, all right, I'll keep going. Maybe they're, I don't know. They're wrapping it. I mean, they did that scene. Are we going on? Nobody's told me to stop, so I got to keep going. But I'm out of line. So well, I can get frustrated real fucking easy, and I can get mad at this goddamn fucking thing. And I mean, I ran, I ran it even more. I lost my shit. I'm like, God, he's not fucking out here. Bob, and I have ran it. You need your own podcast. So so I uh, so I'm like, well, I'm gonna say, ladies and gentlemen, this is real blood, and I think we're stopped. And I'm really sorry and right as I was really about to do that Eric comes out no new business Eric comes out on the fucking stage with his hand wrapped and he's holding like this and he comes out and he walks down stage and I'm out of stuff to say then but I say hey Gately or whatever his name was what's up what'd you do to your hand hey Gately what it 
is he in shock? So I said, Gailey! And he kind of jerked and he turned around and he delivered the line that he should have delivered if he'd come in on time. So we, we go through, we make it through the whole damn play. And at the end of the play, <coughs> and he sliced his, his, I think, whichever hand he sliced is well, his dominant one. Because at the end of the play, our characters make up and we're supposed to shake hands. <laughs> and I'm like, don't, don't give me, That's don't, terrible. don't give me your fucking right hand, Eric. Terrible, don't terrible. give me your right hand. And he gives me his right hand. I'm like, I gotta shake his hand. So I shake it as light as I can. I mean, as light as I can. He goes, <laughs> it's him on stage. And, we goes to black, lights come up, we bow, we're going to take another bow because, you know, they're clapping, and I look over, and he is just running off to go to the hospital and get stitched up. He, I mean, he had to do therapy. He cut through a tendon, and he finished the damn sh This was one act that were part of a directing class. It's a last assignment thing, so, I mean, but he said no. We're finishing about this taking one for the show. team. He, yeah, yeah, he did. So that's that's one of my go-to ones, just because it's... That's a good one. James ran me over with a truck once. <laughs> I did not run you over. And he didn't do a good enough job. I did not run... Okay. Once again... You that's why we rehearsed, James. No, that's exactly why we rehearsed. Let me tell this story as it happened. We were filming a thing for a certain office... That we the, used to work for. For a certain free. office at the University of Kentucky, and they used to ask us to do this intro video for new oncoming staff that was supposed to be funny, light in the mood, you students, blah, blah, blah. And we were going to do a parody of Iron Man, which means we needed to do a shot where the idea was the student gets hit by the car. So how do we do that? <laughs> we do it. I want our, you to think about this, by the way. We were, we we were it, hitting a student with a car. But how do we do, do it? Iron we do it in reverse, of course. We pull away from him quickly, and then we reverse it. However, the first right. time I do it, Joe was sitting in the back, camera, he goes, pull away. I pull away. I literally, I get out, I'm like, how did that look? You didn't go fast enough. It looks crappy. We can't speed it up that much. I don't think I've ever said crappy. No, that's, he said, no, you're going to have to really just floor it. Think? It doesn't sound like. Just floor it. No, no, so I go out, I, I get back in the, we back back up. Student's stand there. Yes. Uh, student had worked for me for a couple years. And then all of a sudden, Joe goes, just literally put your foot all the way down on the gas. And he and I said, are you sure? Yes, I'll be fine. Put your foot on. I slam the gas. I take off. I probably go about 60 feet. We're at K-Lot, so you know where we are. Yeah. It's during the summer, so it's empty. I stop, look back, and I go back to look around the back and say, you got the... And Joe's not there. <laughs> and I get out, and the student's standing there. He's running over to Joe, and I walk up, and the first word's out of my mouth, did you get the shot? <laughs> you, no, his first words out of his mouth were not, did you get the shot? His first words out of my mouth, did you fall off the truck? Yeah, did you fall? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you're right. Did you fall? Because that's a true story. Fell he, off I'm, the turnip truck, yeah. Because he yelled at me saying, I needed to just gun it. I did what he requested. scar right here. And, and what's funny was Christy. Later that night, Christy pulled actual asphalt yes. out of it. And, and when it happened, I would not have been hurt so bad, but it was my camera. Yeah. <laughs> I was using my own freaking equipment for this shit job, so I didn't want to break it, so I rolled with the camera. Right. This, see, everything is summed up in this story. Everything about life is summed up in this story. I couldn't afford to go buy a new one. And that was it. I, that's when I learned I can't take direction well, from Joe. Well, you know, there, uh, I did a show a few years, three or four years ago, and I'd broken my foot. You know, the show goes on in, in like February or March. I'd broken my foot in November. So I'm rehearsing with this big bone or cast on my foot. And hobbling around trying to figure, okay, it's set in the, the early 1900s, kind of Victorian era, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this show. 
in a cast, the director said, well, if you got to do it in the cast, you got to do it. And I was like, no, I ain't done it in the cast. I'll just put on a shoe and play through it. But, and they got me kind of a, a cane to, to use on stage that looked right. But, you know, there were times I was having, wondering if I was going to be able to walk out there. But uh, You find the energy, right? It's show energy. It's, I've yeah. heard people say that. It's show energy. You can be sick, and then you just go on and fake it. Well, I mean, I've had... Honestly, you know, I've done I've done it moderating. When the last the time we were at Comic Con, I was that last three hours of that Sunday. I know that I had a temperature of hundred and something, but I just kept honestly. Going. Sometimes I do better if I'm not feeling if I'm feeling kind of sick. Now, if you got a ton of cake because you ate wrong food, that's nothing. That's you, something different. different. But you know, sometimes because uh, I think when when you're a little sick like that and you're fight fighting, you're hyper focused. So I think sometimes you can you can kind of turn out something maybe a little better. Uh, no, I was sitting there and just was miserable going, why can't I enjoy that the Emperor of Star Wars is next to me? I'm not enjoying this, even though this should be the Yeah, that's not a good sign. This is not the, this is, should be the greatest day. Well, don't worry. I heard from the audience. They didn't enjoy that. <laughs> I got one more short little story. A few years ago, I, I did a show at, at the Summerfest. It was uh, Midsummer Night's Dream. Actually, Adam directed that show, uh-huh. and uh, it was after the show was over, and I, the character I played was one of the mechanicals. It was called Snug the Joiner, and, and towards the end of the show, I ended up in this big what? lion suit. What? Is that a porn? Yes. <laughs> it, I ended up in this big lion suit. Okay, so after the show, we're going out to for donations with a bucket, walking around, and this little girl. porn. Yeah, that's it. A little girl about this tall looks straight up at me, that's and I'm in the lion suit. She's got the biggest grin on her face, and I roar, and she giggles and runs to her mom. That was the best time I had, I think, doing a show. <laughs> <clears throat> I was I did, worked with a children's theater once in Atlanta, um, and we would just go around and take the show. Well, the, one of the shows was on safety, and I was this kid that uh, disobeyed traffic laws on a skateboard, and you know got kind of sent to this planet that was run by the crash test dummies. And so I thought your friend they were, didn't run you over with a truck. No, 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 we okay, tried. Good, good, good. Well, no, I, I had the van for that company actually, so I ran <laughs> other people over. But no, it's cool. The kids are, are awesome in shows because you know I'm getting chased by the crash test dummies. I mean, the big spoiler is yeah. they're actually trying to help me out, you know, which we find at the end. Spoiler alert! But they're chasing around after me. I'm running away, and at one point in one show, we're at this kid gets up and he just points at, at at me because <laughs> I think he decided to side with the cast crash test dummies <laughs> but he pointed at me and said kill him kill him kill him kill him <laughs> I mean he was just so into it you know it's, it's the other thing, great thing about kids is they're honest as hell yeah. I mean, if they don't like it they're going to let you know but it's just yeah. I mean, a friend of mine once was in a show several years ago it was the one I talked about a while ago who just passed away he said he did a show once and he's on stage and his character dies very early in the show and he has to stay on stage as a corpse the whole time and during intermission he didn't move he stayed up there as a corpse is this all the, the movie, the theater? <laughs> no, no, this is, this is in theater. The musical, he said, the he said a little boy came up there, and he knew he was there because he, he could tell, and he said he all, he wanted to go boo, but that little boy just came up there and got real close and looked at him, you know, staring at him, and it was all he could do to keep a straight face. But, yeah, the kids are fantastic. Well, I know we got to wrap it up. So I think theater is important. I try to go as I, I have a child now, so it's ruined my theater going. I can't even go see a movie. But how do people get involved? Quentin, when you watch this at 15, that's right. I was bitching about you, son. And when you have your own, there you go. This is how we go. So how how does one get involved? Well, I mean, it, I mean, depending on what age you are, but if you're in school, look at the organizations well, and schools say, and clubs. Well, we don't have a but ton of 18-year-olds Yeah, but if so. you're not, I mean, if you're looking to get involved... Contact the theaters. Um, I mean, if, if people on your friends list are involved, then maybe kind of start there. 
you have to contact theaters and uh, you know antagonist production studio. I mean, if you're in the surrounding mm -hmm. area like Ragged Edge, um, and, and and Leeds and Woodford County, Woodford County has great summer classes um, for adults as well. I think stage right acting has those, and and stage right acting has like improv groups and stuff. Good ways to get started and start meeting people, which is kind of the most important thing. And, and and I mean networking. I mean email the theaters and say you want to help, but don't be surprised if you gotta email a few more times or go a couple of times, figure it out. Because like I said, there's a lot of people that a lot of places that need help, but there's very few people to organize it. Or sometimes there may not be a production or something, depending on how you're wanting to get involved. But if you can get in and help out in some ways with the production and start to get to know people. That helps a lot. Of course, you can just keep your eye out for auditions and look at them. Now, Facebook sucks for a lot of reasons, but a lot of the theater companies are on there. You find out about audition information from there, and you have a lot of different kinds of things. Those companies that were mentioned on The Verge and Message Theater do things periodically as well, and, and a lot of the university and college ones will have open auditions for things. So it's really kind of go looking around and kind of persevere with it and try to network. Okay. Well, the other thing too is if even if you don't want to be on stage because you're not comfortable with it, most theaters are going to need people to help build sets. Right. Uh, they need people who can use tools, hammers and nails and screwdrivers and saws and everything else. I'm out. They need people. They need people to work sound and lights. Help uh, with painting. You know, help right. help organize. I'd say my wife has you know, costumes for some uh, of the children. Come, come up with yeah. costumes. Yeah. Help come up with props. Finding props could be a, a, a torturous activity depending on what you're doing. Uh, you know, there are a lot of ways to get involved in theater. You know, if you know how to fundraise and you want to get involved, they would love you in the theater. Uh, they love you in higher ed if you know how yeah, to raise money well, as well. that too. There's, it's, it's, it's a creative endeavor, but, you know, I, I like to refer to it as a craft for another reason, too, because you do have, I mean, there are lots of crafts that are involved. If you have certain kinds of skills, you know, uh, carpentry and electrician, for instance, I mean, come to mind, but other kind of hard skill kind of things, there's usually a place for it there. And if you do want to get on stage, but you have these other kinds of skills, that's one of the better ways to get started, too. Because, again, you show up, you work for stuff that's thankless, you will meet people, and your name, you just get a name out there, and that can make it easier when you go and audition. Because, I mean, just, well, hell, I mean, I've been around for a while. Last ten auditions I think I've gone to in Lexington, I haven't gotten cast in. So, I mean... There's never any guarantee. And you direct. It's it's never easy. Right. But you direct a lot of plays. Well, yeah, I do. So I mean, but you know, the thing is, don't go to one audition, not get cast, and stop. Because if I am directing a play and there's a lot of time and money involved, and it's not my money that's involved, it's other people's. I'm <coughs> responsible to that. And I have a lot of people auditioning that I've worked with. I'm less likely to take a chance on a whole bunch of people I don't know because <coughs> it. One thing can kind of screw it all up. So you do have to work your way in, even in a town like this, yeah. where it's not necessarily people making their living. There's still more people that want to do it than there are slots available. So you just, you, at any level, perseverance is the single most important thing. Showing up. The know? most talented yeah. asshole will eventually get cast less than the person who's solid and reliable and will be there on time, hit their cue, and say their line every damn time. Yeah. That's what you're doing wrong, <laughs> well, and, and I know plenty of people who, who have done, ended up doing stage plays because they, you know, they worked on the facilities for the theater. They were taking care of the building, etc. And then, you know, one day, okay, we need five guys here. They don't have to say anything. We're going to put you in a police costume and set you right there. Don't move. 
you're going to be on for five minutes. And then, okay, then you show up and you do that a couple more times, and they say, well, here, you've got some lines. You sound okay. And then you become a reliable guy like he just talked about because he now knows you because he's worked with you before and he trusts you. He's going to give you another shot unless you just really don't fit a particular role. You know? So it's like everything else in life. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like perseverance, showing up, doing your job. Yeah, I, I mean, it really, it really is. <laughs> it's like it's anything creative. Well, anything, anything but creative. also anything creative because yeah. I've never met a writer or somebody that wants to write or anything else that doesn't have a shoebox full of rejections. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. It's, and that's life. And if you want to do that, you take that and you try to learn from it, but you just keep going. It's a creative endeavor, but if you don't approach it in a practical way, a solid practical way, then it's probably going to be bullshit. You know, it's probably going to be stuff that people aren't necessarily going to want to <laughs> go and, and spend their time on. It may also not be the most pleasant experience because it, it, it yeah, anything that you're creating shit i mean it's just you can't just no nobody throws anything together that's a quality thing right. i mean sometimes you can have stuff that comes together and works out but yes. as a as a practice <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know. day in day out yeah and and so many different people that collaborate on a production right. is so what and I, and i hate ending on this but what projects do you guys have coming up do you have anything, Bob? Uh, we're working on the 10-Minute Play Festival at Studio Players. Okay. Um, seven plays uh, that we selected out of 300 submissions uh, that'll go on uh, in, in July. We That's just we 60 minutes. We just had two nights of Four readings at Studio <laughs> Players where the, the final 15 scripts were we did unstaged readings over two nights for the directors and other people involved as part of the final selection process. And so we'll, another week or so, we'll have the seven selected, assign them to the directors, and then they'll start working on them, and then they go on July 26th through 29th. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It is. And, the, and the, the nights, I mean, the two nights of readings are a blast because a bunch of people don't get to see each other very much, just come in and have, have some fun yeah. and read some shows. But the Play Fest is fun, too, because you see, I mean, if, the, if something that's not really all that great to you, it'll be over fairly soon. <laughs> <laughs> and you do see a lot of different people that do a lot of work in town. You know, that's, you've said that to a lot of girls. <laughs> I was going to say that. That's the way my first marriage ended. You keep making jokes in your den of lies. <laughs> You're never touching my dirty pillows. <laughs> John, John. <laughs> uh, actually, you we're even in, brought up somebody brought a poster. Yeah, I brought it. Uh, we're in production right now. It's Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. It's an Andrew Lloyd Webber show. Uh, our director is Dr. Frida Gebert, who does theater or runs the theater program at Boyle County. Well, anyway, we opened two weeks from yesterday, uh, so we're really down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> we're running yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then a Sunday matinee. Uh, it's in Harrodsburg, Kentucky, <laughs> on Main Street. <laughs> Anybody who's seeing this uh, within driving distance, please come and see the show. We're running for two weekends. Uh, it's a fantastic show. We've got a great cast, uh, and it's family-friendly. And then stop and eat at the fudgery. <clears throat> oh, yeah, um, the fudgery. Do you play the Dreamcoat? No. <laughs> I do you play Joseph, not overly Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, in case <laughs> nobody knows. Who plays Joey? <laughs> is, it, you do, actually. Uh, oh, it's, this, oh, it's the story cast. of Joseph uh, from the Old Testament. My character is Jacob. Jimmer, my merchant. <laughs> yeah, so there's Joe. Yeah. Well, last night they were going John Jacob Jinglehunter Fitz. So, you know, Joe said the ending on that question. I've got one more that we can end on. Of course you do. No, I dream project. Money not an option. If somebody just said, I want you to do what you would want to do on stage, what project would you want to do? 
That's a good question. I'll give him that. Um, I, I don't know. That's kind of hard to say, but if I was going to just kind of keep it locally, just because having done a fair amount of work here for a while, I, I would really like to kind of get <coughs> a number of different groups together that have some kind of performance art focus. Theatrical groups, too, but the dance groups, the um, the burlesque dancers also, and the here, here. Um, the jugglers, the puppeteers, the... Um, um, you know the ones and the ones that dance with the fire and all that shit too, um, Mecca. You know places like yeah. that. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I, I would really and I want live live music as well. I would want to get something that's kind of a well-known kind of story, um, and and then doing and really taking something that's more from a novel format, in a chamber theater kind of style, and bring all this in into a kind of a ridiculous, massive. Like like I said, something recognizable, like you know, Wizard of Oz, mm -hmm. James and the Giant Peach, um, or, or 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 Animal Farm. I mean, also, yeah. I mean, it could be, but keeping novel format that keeps the kind of the voice of the narrator involved in it, so it's not necessarily just dialogue, huge shadows, live music, and stuff like that. I'd really like to find the story and the time and be able to pay the people for their amount. I mean. It would be cool to do kind of a, a festival kind of thing, maybe over a three or four day weekend. Gives them all opportunities to have workshop slots, performance slots. This performance would be kind of a final culmination of all these people in individual things. We somehow found time to sprinkle stuff yeah, together. Because yeah, yeah. we did that, a guy that I went to college with who just is some of the, was some of the most inspiration, really kind of opened my eyes to what you could maybe do with theater. Because I'd always done it before because... Well, I think I'm okay, I didn't come, and, and, and I like it, so I'm just going to keep doing it. Um, we did that with uh, Wizard of Oz, and we did it with Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, and kind of this really cool style that I would want to explore in a grander way. And he has, in some ways, with the work he's done on his own, but also with, like, Leary Reed's Shadow Company. So that would be something, kind of tell an epic story, bringing in a whole bunch of different... Vision. Types of performance yeah. art, I guess. Yeah. Types of, and 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 then give them an opportunity to showcase themselves too, because around here there's some. I mean, hell, I want to bring the roller girls in in some way as well too. And maybe what we do is um, the warriors. Is is that's that's the production where it comes. Ooh, have a cake of mines. Happen. This is, yes. This will be the second time that this has came up today. I have it for you. Xanadu. Uh, you just ruined uh, it. Uh, I'm not doing Gene Kelly's dancing now. I can't how about, do that. How about, how about Zardoz? Anybody that Zardoz? Zardoz? Maybe. Zardoz. Zardoz means, I would actually pay, at the, yeah, Zardoz means Zardoz Zandu Hollywood, get on it, I'll show up. Zarnadu? Zarnadu. Okay. Zarnadu. John, uh, one, I want to get involved in this project he's talking about. <laughs> uh, that would be a blast. You, you know, I don't know I if I, I have a dream project. I think sometimes I think it'd be kind of cool to, to do St. Crispin's Day speech mm -hmm. uh, or something along those lines. But, you know, honestly, I tried very hard. A lot of times I, I do auditions and things like that, and, and I'm always surprised when they say, John, come and join the show. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I am. And, and I don't know. What, you're solid, well, you know, well, it's like when I, I auditioned for Midsummer Night's Dream, I'd never auditioned for a Shakespeare or anything like that before. I'd never worked with, with much of the Lexington folks. And, and I was shocked when I got a call back. I was so excited. I was like a little kid. Uh, and, and to one extent or another, I get like that. And in a lot of community theaters, they get kind of a stable of actors. I mean, would you kind of agree with that? There, there's a group of actors that usually you can call on if you need people. 
Yeah, in a, in a manner of speaking, I mean, some places try to set themselves more than others, but the thing is, you get people who work with people enough that you have that shorthand. <clears throat> Nobody's, most of the people aren't doing this full-time, but mm -hmm. they're putting full-time hours into it. Mm -hmm. And if I know I got people I can count on that I'm rolling in with, they're the ones I am going to call yeah. first. And if they say, yeah, that's why you got to keep trying and you got to <laughs> show that you can work and are willing to work in other ways and, and, mm -hmm. and you create your opportunities yeah. that way exactly. But, but I always get excited when I get a call uh, to, to do a show or, uh, you know, and I've done a lot of shows at the Ragged Edge now for several years and, and I'm an older guy and men are usually hard to come by for a lot of shows, at least for us. And and yeah, so I've been looking for a good man for years. Yeah, well, you know, a man. He might as well turn turn around and he ain't getting me. I belong to you, Joe. So we. <laughs> so like I said, but, uh, two but I, 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 I get excited any time I get a role because it's always a brand new experience. Uh, you know, I, I I I've never really done I guess what I would say a bad show. Some are better than others, obviously, but I always try to walk away uh, from a show and learn things from from the people that I'm working with. Uh, and I enjoy the whole experience. So, uh, you know, every show is is a great time for me, and okay. I, I just enjoy it. And then, and, and every time I get cast, it's it's just another great day. Okay. All right. <clears throat> well, guys, thank you so much. This has been a great thank episode. This is fun. No, this yes, has really it been it's been fascinating, and I'm glad we did it. And I keep looking at Bob's socks. Now, I, I got a question. Can we do more of these than you've done, nice. Stephen King podcasts? No. No, we, we need to do at least four more. <laughs> oh, God. I'm done. Bob, there's a long joke here, and what it is is we spent way too many episodes on Stephen King. We didn't yes. think so, but we did. Yes, planning, we did. We're planning another Well, have you, have you devoted one episode to his turn on Sons of Anarchy? Because if mm -hmm. not, then you have not done enough Stephen King. Obviously, obviously I have not. <laughs> we will come back and have Bob on the show to talk just about his turn on Sons of Anarchy. The character's name... Was Richard Bachman. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> Old Man Dick Bachman, boy. All right, well, thank you so much. This has been Bonehead. Go out and see... The Timid and Play Festival at Studio Players, studioplayers.org. And... Uh, Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at the Ragged Edge Community Theater in Harrodsburg, Kentucky. And keep watching this show if you like replicas. At, <laughs> subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thank you so much. Support your local theater. If you want more art, you got to support it and keep it going. And, and Harrison is. Ford got started as a carpenter. That's true. So he did Karen. That band for years. So did Karen. Yeah. And Three Musketeers suck. You shut your porch, <laughs> man. The candy bar? The candy bar, yeah, not, the, not, not the book. They or the they're lighter, though. Or the Crick Carly <laughs> shit. Who the fuck goes into chocolate and says, I want the lighter shit? I'm trying not to die. Well, you're going Captain to Nugget. eventually fail at it. I know. And now I want to die more. <laughs> Bye, everybody. I think you already have. Oh. Tails. You guys need anything? Coffee, tea, blowjob. What was that last thing? You offering tea? Oh, yeah, I'll some tea. Get up, and make it. <laughs> <you. laughs>